Hey everybody, this is Mandy from Travel Up Forge. This is Missy from Homesteading Roots. This is Ed from Travel Up Forge. And Jeremy from Homesteading Roots. So today we're going to talk about being prepared, which sounds slightly cliche, I guess, especially considering the climate of the world. But I feel like there's a lot of people, influencers, content creators, whatever you want to call them, out there that there, there's certainly people out there who are trying to help you just understand how and why you should be prepared and what you should be prepared for. But then there's also fear-mongering ridiculousness that, you know, all that really does is create a bunch of anxiety and I don't feel like really does a lot of good. So today we're going to talk about how we prepare, why we prepare, what we prepare for, things like that. So Zad and I have just always kind of naturally been prepared-minded people. Um, You know, he was a Boy Scout, and so that probably has a lot of influence on it. Um, I've, I've mentioned before that, like, as a kid... You know, in our house, we always had, like, multiple filled freezers. My mom did a little canning, but not a ton. But there was always, like, a pantry full of food and extra downstairs. And so, you know, it was never like, you know, if we skipped a week of going to the store or something, like, it's not like we couldn't eat. You know, Zad and Jeremy grew up going hunting and things like that. So um, we kind of just grew up in... Jeremy's talked before about how his mom would can a lot and all that. So we all just kind of grew up where, um, you know, there was just always extra food. You didn't, you didn't just have enough to get through the week. And I feel like there's a lot of reasons that you should be prepared. You know, people think preparedness and they think apocalypse, like right off the bat, or like the rapture happened and they didn't make it or whatever. Pick a reason. Um, what's that? Bug out bags. Right, right. There's a lot of reasons that you should be prepared. Like there's a power outage because of an ice storm or there's a hurricane or a tornado or a hundred other things that you could be prepared for. Not necessarily like, you know, nuclear disaster type situations. So we always, I guess I feel like, like Missy and I talk about this a lot. And, you know, when people start talking about, um, uh, so her and I talk a lot about the anxiety around it. So, I don't know, Miss, talk about that a little bit. Because you and I have talked about how, like, we don't really like to read about, like, end-of-the-world crap because it's... Right. I don't know, it doesn't feel productive. No, and it doesn't do any good, honestly. It kind of, for me anyway, um, I deal with anxiety enough as it is. And for me, it kind of sends me in the direction of not thinking clearly. Um, Like Mandy said, we like to have, like, extra food and stuff, but then I get to the point where I'm like... Okay, I get my medication in 90 days supply, but what if I'm like nearing my 90 day end and the whole world goes wherever it's going and I only have two days and now that has done me no good. You know, that kind of thing. I just, I don't, it doesn't help me. I don't think productively and it makes my anxiety a whole lot worse. Um, I haven't watched the news and I don't know how long, I couldn't even tell you um, because yet again my anxiety was always you know sky high by the time I was done and I was worrying about things that were completely out of my control and I just really don't find any benefit in that and it didn't benefit my family at all either because it didn't make me think level-headed like okay let's just make sure we have enough food for a while um you know I went to the drastics and you know just everything, you know, other than just food. And I feel like the news now from when we were kids yeah. are night and day different. Oh, absolutely. Like when we were kids, it was just reading what 
took place. Right. And now it's trying to sway it one way or the other. Well, my mom has said before, she's like, the news came on at 6 o'clock, it was on for 30 minutes, and it was done. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on at 4, 4.35, 5.36, 6.37. Like, there right. wasn't 57 showings of the news. Or, you know, I mean, really, there's 24-hour news. Like, right. Yeah. And while I think that, like, the news has its place, it also doesn't have a place, you know? Um, it's not like, I don't know what's going on in the world. I know that, like, avian flu is a big thing, and, like, Lancaster County is shut down from receiving chicks. You know, I know, like, we keep up with the things that we need to know about or, like, pertain to our family, but I'm not sitting there listening to political debates. Newsmax and, all day. Yeah, that, or, you know, things... Not that I don't care about things like overseas and all that kind of stuff, because obviously, you know, it could tend to affect us. But I'm not sitting there, like, every day I have to watch the news at 6 o'clock to see what's going on in the world. Like, you know, Facebook does enough of that for you. and you Well, know, like you said, in reality, how much of that do you really have control over? Exactly. And then, like, the way my mind thinks, I sit there and worry about things that I seriously have no control over. Like, I, what I have, what I worry about and concerned about, like, that I can't handle myself, I'm give it to God, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. he's he's leading this um, marching band. Right. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I find no good in it, really. Right. Um, I don't really want to know about all the children being abused, and, you know, I, I know it happens, and there's nothing I can do about it other than pray. I mean, I, I don't know what more right. Right. we can do, so I don't. You know, I don't need to dwell on that, but, um... Do you boys have any thoughts on this? I mean, especially, I guess from the three of you, I'm just curious, as I, as we were talking about preparing for this podcast, like, did you guys have, like, conversations about this, and this might be slightly off topic, but I feel like maybe it's not, like, about revelation and things like that, and, like, as far as... Like, I feel like some people prepare because, you know, some people are like, well, Jesus is coming tomorrow. What are all the people going to do that don't know Jesus or whatever? Or that, you know, like, obviously, then there's a whole conversation of different religions and whatever. So, like, if there were something really drastic like that, I don't know. Like, did you guys have those conversations as kids? Like, the three of you really grew up in church. I didn't really. So I'm just curious. We, not nearly, like, they're talked about today no. i mean it was well, never i mean like i remember the mark of the beast movies and the, the old like 70s era or something like that and to talk about the coming back but you're not going to know when right where it's going to take yeah place. we we learned about that so, but never this like <clears throat> nuclear bombing prepare for that or like not to the yeah. degree that it is today. I yeah. Mean, like, I remember when we went to Knoebels, it was the whole Korea. Was it Korea? When we, you and I went? Yeah, when we went with Bud and the whole, like. Oh, Korea yeah, I don't really remember. In the U.S. Yeah. And, you know, we were prepared to protect ourselves because we weren't home. Right. And we were right. near our, our house homestead, so we kind of prepared. You know, we didn't let it derail our trip to Knoebels for the week, but we also took certain measures that if we weren't home, we'd be okay. Yeah. I was just curious, because we definitely, like, didn't have conversations. Like, it's not, it wouldn't be weird for Bud to hear us say, like, hey, we have, like, a bug out bag prepared, or things like that. But, like, if my parents would have said that when I was a kid, I would have been like, what the hell is that? I mean, my dad probably had all those things in place. But nobody really knew. Right, talked about anything. it or anything. Yeah. Like, 
in his mind, he knew what was going to happen if this, this, and this happened. Then this, 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 and this was going to happen. And maybe my mom knew a little bit about it. Yeah. Like, if I tell you to do this, then I need you to get this, this, and this already by the time I'm home. Mm -hmm. But I think it also was a whole different day and age. I think, like, you my know, parents... The world was a different world right. then than what it is for us. Right. And it was a different world for our parents when our parents were kids and our grandparents were And it's going to be a whole different world for our kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think nowadays, not that they didn't push it back then, but now... I feel they're pushing it, the, the congregation, they're pushing it a, a, a ton more now is, you know, do you, are you saved? Do you know the Lord? Right. Um, the, the day is coming. The day is coming. Uh, the, the day of, the, the phrase the day is coming is being thrown around, I see now, a lot more than mm -hmm. what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 30 years ago is... A long time then but it's just uh, i remember when obama was president they were saying that that was the mark of the beast right right and you know that was when jesus was coming back when obama became president so the reason we started this whole conversation is um we were talking about chickens and i'm gonna let jeremy kind of talk about this a little bit but we were kind of talking about chickens and i'm not over here saying that like you know, local stores being out of chickens is some mark of the beast or something. But it's, it's obviously, I've been posting the last few days that, you know, I got turkeys and I got meat birds and I got guineas and whatever. And all of our friends in Lancaster are like, oh my gosh, where did you find them? Like, we can't find them anywhere. We've called everywhere. Nobody has them. They get them and they're gone in five minutes, blah, blah, blah. Um, and obviously I didn't get them in Lancaster County. Well, some of them I did. I got the meat chickens in Lancaster County, but like layers are out. Well, so Jeremy... I I called, just out of curiosity, I called to see what was available on, on our way heading north, and I called, uh, one, what is it, five stores? Mm -hmm. And out of the five stores, it was, oh, we had those last week, but we're out. Uh, we had this, but we're out of this, this, and this. So the only, only one store... And it was the one closest to our one house <laughs> said that they no longer were selling anything. They had to get rid of everything because of the avian flu. None of the other stores said it, just the one. So I'll let Jeremy finish. Yeah, so the place that, well, let's back up. Uh, so our mastermind group, um, Bethany, mm -hmm. had a strange encounter of somebody pouring into their their property and wanted to buy a chicken and <laughs> which wasn't a chicken right which you know it's kind of weird for somebody just to pull up and say hey i, I want a chicken and you know you, it that whole situation kind of sits in the back of your mind well fast forward what a month and a half two months probably yeah um my my side hustle <laughs> air quote um it's to the point now that people are going to the post office and saying that they work at this side hustle and they're taking all the the chickens all of you know everything that's supposed to go to this this place of business so people are just showing up taking all these these meat birds and, and chickens and things and there's a town not too far from here that they're out 
they're, they're out, you know, 250 birds to sell. So this, this world is starting to show it, itself with what's really going on, you know, underneath the wool that's being pulled over our eyes, so to speak. So if you see somebody on the street with a trench coat, <laughs> they open it up like the watches and you see chicks. Right, <laughs> you know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't know. It, They're kind of warning homesteaders, too, that, like, people who order chicks, you know, get them delivered to the post office. Like, this is, could be a possibility that so, somebody... Well, so anyone who's never ordered livestock, as in flock of chickens, ducks, guineas, geese, when you order them online, they go to your local post office, and then that post office will call you and say that you ha they have your order and you have to come pick them up. If you've never done that before, um, that's how that happens. They don't just show up in your mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, people are overhearing phone conversations in the post office and then, you know, faking that they're Missy Culbertson and <laughs> they're to pick up their chicks and they hand their chicks over and now you're out your chicks. So things are getting crazy. Like, we don't just bring this to bring fear. Right. Um, we bring this to help to try and educate bring you. Like, yeah. Right. And just to let you know that like there's strange possibilities out there and people aren't really afraid to do anything these days. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of, you know, CYA, if you can talk to your supplier or whoever your supplier is and say, Hey, um, is there any way that I can show my ID, you know, to pick these animals up have a code word yeah, well, yeah <laughs> basically you know give some sort of identification before they just hand my you know hard-earned money that i paid you to somebody else i mean um so yeah it's it's so you know zad and i are moving and if you've been following along with that journey um you know that it's not just like we packed up a moving van and magically we're moved and obviously it's hard enough to be moving while taking care of three goats and 70 chickens let alone trying to raise new birds so missy and i were talking this week and kids right Missy and I were talking this week and we were talking about birds and seeds and whatever. And I said, you know, I, because obviously they're just sort of getting their homestead moving. They've been in Pennsylvania for almost five months, but you know, they moved here at the beginning of fall or middle of fall. So there wasn't a whole lot to be doing really. Um, you know, they did what they could, but most of the activity, the excitement happens in the spring. So I said, you know, I already have brooders and lamps and feeders and waterers and we have a seed shelf with seed mats and heat lamps and blah, blah, blah. I said, you know, if, if, you know, we bring that stuff to you, would you mind babysitting these things for me? Well, it was just going to be seeds at first. <laughs> and then Jeremy texted Missy and said, there's turkeys. And then it spiraled out of control. <laughs> then there were way turkeys out <laughs> way out of control. That's why I called five different stores. Cause I'm like, well, they don't mm. quite have the number of turkeys that we are shooting for. And after hearing all these stories, it's like, well, maybe if there's a couple other stores that have turkeys, we'll grab those to put them with the other ones. And that's why I just decided to call these other stores. So the moral of that story is Jeremy's never going to text Missy again and tell her. And, and if you know where my side hustle is, don't call me or text me and say, hey, do you have this, do you have that? Right. Call the store number. Right. right. We're never oh. going to get any, well, any little lines of Oh, no. Because, 
they're closing and Jeremy was so gracious to pick them up for us and bring them home, we decided to stop at another location. Place. <laughs> and we're there just to get Wild Game Bird Starter. And bedding. But you gotta go back for your bed. I know, Here's I freaking forgot the bedding. Good grief. It's even on recording. We walked out right. <laughs> with two boxes of meat chickens. Of course, 25 cross. to be exact. 25. 25. What they had left. So, two currently. Bags of feed, a bag of grit, and no shavings because it was forgotten. So I tell this story to say that if you don't quite have a situation, whether you don't really have an area to raise birds or start seeds or something, you know, band together with the people that you can, that you might be able to work together. Because, you know, obviously once we're set up at our new house next spring, whatever, we'll be able to do our own birds and our own seeds and whatever. But, you know, Missy is situated. They're settled here. She has the space in the basement. We're in transition. So Where she... Huh? Where are you going? No, nowhere. Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. So, you know, it, it, I think this is going to work out really well. She can help babysit them. Um, and then, really, her... So, 25 of the meat chickens are hers. Sorry, 25 of them are mine. Four of them are hers. So, everybody's all about the same age, and Zad and I's thought Wait, is... but there's more. She got guineas today. Yeah, I got eight guineas today. So, we're going to raise them all in the same area. It'll work out for them, because while they're getting their fencing and blah, blah, blah set up, we can raise those at our new house. So my point is work together with the people that you know. If you know somebody that has a gigantic deck and you live in a little apartment and they're not using their deck, maybe you can put some plants on their deck. Or, you know, you know somebody who's not using their backyard and they can have chickens or, you know, whatever. There's just all kinds of scenarios you can do that you can work together with friends or family or whoever to try to work towards being more prepared. Um, do you have any thoughts on our menagerie in the basement? No, um, I just feel like, you know, it was something we could do for Zad and Mandy during their crazy time of moving, and I knew that they would be upset that they weren't able to, you know, get chickens or start seeds, well, and I know how frustrating the, that is. The chicken part wasn't so much because we keep our kept our roosters for that very reason that we could egg layers you're saying yes yeah incubate our egg layers to get more so that wasn't as big of a deal but wanting to do the meat chickens wanting to do our turkeys again those are things that we we we're gonna do our own turkeys where we could have a continuous uh growth on or continuous um yeah cycle on them but we unfortunately lost our Jake, so that didn't happen. Yeah. So, okay. So, aside from, you know, obviously not everyone's in a situation where they can grow their own plants, they can grow their own animals, etc. But there are other options. So, do you want to talk? <laughs> we talk about pallets sometimes. And that's like our favorite little store. It's the first little store that Missy and I found when she moved here. Um, I just kind of brought up Google Maps and I was like, oh, what's pallet? And now it's like our favorite store and we're there like, at least once a week. So, talk about like when we go there. You know, what what are we looking for? How does it help us be prepared? Well, maybe also we should talk about the ones down Lancaster for the people that might be listening. Down yeah, there. yeah, we can. Um, we kind of know like where their little sections of like seconds are for their vegetables, and we know like the cereals and that kind of stuff, and where to look for their like extra special deals. <laughs> um, one thing that we've come to learn is 
to, don't be afraid to ask. Like, sometimes when we go there, they'll ha- be having, like, good bacon sale or, you know, whatever. And we'll buy, butter. Like, butter, yeah. We'll buy, like, bacon a piece meat, or two. Bacon <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and, you know, we'll stock up and, you know, we go through it. So, like, today I didn't see a bacon sale, so I just asked her. I said, you know, do you guys have any cases of bacon? And, and they're, sure enough, we do. I paid, what, $1.69 a pound for 12, Which is insane. I got 12 pounds of bacon. Um, but you know, like sometimes too, like I like to get the organic unbleached flour, you know, and I feel like the only place I knew that has it was Pate's, which isn't far from us, but you know, it's farther than Pallet. And like Mandy had overheard somebody asking in Pallet, you know, for organic flour. And they said, you know, they were like, yes, we have it in the back. And they brought up a 50 pound bag. Um, so when you come across things like that, you know, ask them if there's no signs up, just be like, if you know, you use a ton of ground beef, just ask them do you have any deals on ground beef or do you have any frozen ground beef you know that i can buy in bulk and you know a lot of times they're happy to get rid of it because it's less that they have to store and it's a sure sale well and like your bacon was frozen so like because she said you know it's frozen is that okay and we're like well of course we're gonna take it home and freeze it anyway right so you know a lot of people were like oh well i need fresh bacon well i mean whatever like (laughs) if you get it for a dollar six nine a pound if you throw it in a sink with some warm water it'll be fresh bacon in no time right yeah, so, I mean, just, like, don't be afraid to ask or, you know, just look around for deals and, you know, or you could ask them. Like, I know now that, like, every Wednesday is when pallet sales come out and they'll have, like, a different item on sale. Like, ask ask your stores that you frequent, you know, when when do your sales start, when do your sales end, you know. it. I mean, it's not silly to, like, don't feel silly asking. It's, it's what they're there for. Well, it's um, just being a wise steward of your money. Right. And, like, we buy, like, lunch meat in bulk. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mandy got a huge whole thing. How many pounds was that? I think it was ten. Like, ten pounds of... (laughs) Ten pounds of... um, I don't know why I gotta be rude. Like, honey ham, lunch meat, for $1.49 a pound. Right. And we have a meat slicer, so, like, no big deal. Right. So, like, think, think outside the box and, like, how you can buy in bulk to save more. And, you know, I know some... Well, and that's kind of comes down to, like... Spending some good money on a nice meat slicer, right? That you can then save the money mm-hmm. when you buy it like that, and you can slice it to your likings, right? Like this, our family goes through cheese like nobody's business. So like for me to buy cheese in bulk and then just bring it home and slice it and then freeze, you know, packs of cheese has saved us a ton of money. Um, we should buy a block of Clearfield the next time we're we pallet and just slice it. Well, and some cheeses like you don't even really need to freeze it; like it right. stays. Especially if it's commercial cheese, like, it keeps forever. I buy Clearfield there two pounds at a time, and I bet you I'm back there at least every week or week and a half to get cheese. So, and if you're in Lancaster, like, if you're some of our listeners are in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, some of my favorite places to go are Creekside, which would be very similar to Pallet. So that's in Kinzer's on Spring Garden Road. Same sort of deal. Like, they have bulk things. They have, like, you know, look for the little orange tag, the specials, things like that. Um, got apples are a couple times for applesauce. Apples are so cheap there, um, by the bushel or whatever. Um, another place if you're looking to do some canning is if you go to Cherry Hill, which is in I guess like New Danville. It has like a Lancaster address. Um, they have animal apples, which doesn't sound like it's for human consumption, but frankly, they're no different than seconds in my opinion. They sell them for like thirty five cents a pound or thirty nine cents a pound or something. You can make a crap ton of applesauce if you buy you know a bunch of of apples in that way. Really, um, the only thing that's 
per se wrong with them is they're not very aesthetic or right. really appealing. Like there's where you can see where like a bug was nibbling on it or it had a little crack in it while it was growing. There's right. nothing wrong with them. It's and when you're cooking down great. apples for applesauce and then milling them, who cares what they look like? Um, so then some of the other places we like in Lancaster are nickel mines. So you can buy like 50 pound bags of beans and like, you know, if you don't have, in my opinion, if you don't have a crap ton of bean stored. Now I say that with caution because see, some people just don't like beans, but beans are one of those things that, right, Missy raised her hand. <laughs> beans are one of those things that keep forever. Um, you, they really don't require any special storage. There's great about a source of protein. Th- a great source of protein. There's about a thousand things you can do with them. Chili or red beans and rice or like whatever, like pick. Um, and you can can them or, you know, do whatever. So that's probably my other favorite place to get bulk kind of stuff. Singing Springs. Singing Springs is also good. And George- Georgetown's just like a little land, land mine of like places to get like really great deals and stuff. And Singing Springs would be very similar to Pallet. Like they sell... Um, entire, what do you call it? A loaf, a log <laughs> of cheese, yeah. a log of ham. Um, you know, you can get all that kind of stuff at Singing Springs. Is Eagle still a thing? Yep. Eagle, Eagle Foods, in New Danville. Danville. They have good prices on like beef and especially like if you can't afford to get say like a quarter of a cow or a whole hog, Eagle is fantastic. They have really good prices on meat. It looks like a hole in the wall. Um, and frankly, if you blink, you'd miss it. There's not any fancy sign or anything. Um, so that's Brothers another... very nice. Is that what Meat Brothers used to be? The Country Boy Meats country or whatever? Boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Miller's. Miller's? Healthy, they're, um... Yeah, they sometimes have some deals on that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, Lancaster, really anywhere in this little, like, kind of southeastern part of, uh, south-central, eastern... Farm Supply. Yeah, you can get a lot of good stuff at any of those kind of places. Um... So, how are we preparing since spring is coming? So, why don't you guys talk a little bit about that? We've talked a little bit about our plans and what we're doing. So, talk. you guys have some stuff coming. You mentioned that a little bit. But what do you guys have coming? So, as of right now, we have um, 20 quail, fertilized quail eggs coming that we will incubate in hopes to be able to have a constant supply of quail in case, you know, the chicken thing gets even crazier and, you know, meat birds... And they're dual purpose. Right, they're dual yeah. purpose, yeah. Um, so we have those coming. It's first time we'll be incubating, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and then we have laying hens and meat birds coming the end of March. They'll all be coming together, and that's about 25 birds. Um, so that'll be exciting. Right, and I hope that, right, I actually, oh my gosh, we'll have more than that because then we'll have the, we, we're getting five lavender Orpingtons from. Mifflin Agway so we got a busy month coming up so we're preparing for all of that um we've kind of been talking and we sort of came to the decision that we want to start this year slow like when we first moved here and got the property we were all gung-ho well we're getting laying hens and meat chickens and a dairy cow and a beef cow and bees and you know all this stuff and we're kind of like you know what why don't we just like start out slowly and see how this goes and good choice starting with the gateway animal yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of our plan. And then we're going to work up to, you know, maybe next spring we'll, we're even, you don't have to wait till spring to get a cow, but you know, like maybe we'll just wait till next spring and ride a year out with just the birds. And, um, but like when we do get a dairy cow, like we have plans of, you know, using the milk to make cheese and yogurts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So 
that's kind of where our plan's at right now. Well, and I think a good conversation to have quickly is when we talk about preparedness, we're not just talking about putting canned goods on the shelf or putting meat in the freezer, but start working on your skills. So when you were talking about your meat birds, um, at our new house, we are planning to have like a butcher shop slash preserving area, which will be awesome because, you know, we can help Missy and Jeremy butcher their birds. They can help us butcher our birds. Um, we have friends that live like maybe 20 minutes down the road from Missy and Jeremy. Um, and we went over, we mentioned this, we went over, uh, probably a month and a half ago now, and they taught us how to butcher chickens. And it was way simpler than I think any of us imagined it was going to be. So when you're talking about the preparedness thing, um, start learning stuff, start reading books or watching YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or however it is that you learn best. Start talking to friends. Most people that are interested in, canning, food preservation, raising animals, whatever, they'll sit there and talk your ear off all day. You know, if you have a hundred questions, they'll have a hundred answers. So, um, don't just think about preparedness as buying five extra cans of tomato sauce and you go to the store, start thinking about, okay, what do I not know how to do? And you might be at a super basic level, like buying like a, what do you actually call it? A roll? A log? What do you call it? A log. A log? When you buy a log of ham. So getting a meat slicer and learning how to use a meat slicer might be a skill that you don't have yet. And that's fine. And that could be a very basic skill that you can start with. You can literally live in an apartment and own a meat slicer. Like you don't have to have a hog in your backyard to like slice ham in your kitchen and put a little bit of extra in your freezer. Um, or start, you know, learning how to grow microgreens or how do I, you know, start some tomato plants. These are all basic skills and wherever you need to start is fine. Um, you know, and like... We all started there. Oh, yeah. sure freaking did. I've had my fair share of failed animals, failed plants, failed all kinds of things. Fermenting. Oh, God. Let, we, we're not even, don't even go there. Fermenting is poop. Yeah. Um, this new place, I, I think we will be successful sourdough and yeah food. good luck to you because of the geothermal unit because of the, the warmth of the house the, yeah the, the old place it, with the, the high peak ceilings i think we always are fighting the temperature control yeah well and um you know zad and i are missy and i i forget we were just talking the other day about who was telling us oh oh missy and i are taking a master class and it's on business, just running like a micro business. And one of the guys in the class was talking about how he was learning how to fly fish. And he's like, I started looking for these people to teach me how to fly fish. And everybody just assumed that everybody already knew the basics. So he finally found a guy that like started with, okay, this is what you need to do to fly fish. And we kind of had this little epiphany, like we were talking about starting a fire. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, you know, we've talked about doing a video on a YouTube video on starting a fire. And I was like, but this is so basic. Like everyone knows how to do this. And then we're talking to this guy and, you know, he's like, but some people don't know how to start a fire. Mm-hmm. You, they, they, well, exactly. And then you and I had that conversation and you're right. like, you know, you lived here for four months probably mm-hmm. before you were like, okay, I can confidently do this if Jeremy's not home. Right. Well, and there's many ways to start a fire too. Right. From flint and steel to using a lighter and yeah everything in between yeah so don't be like ashamed of wherever you're starting from or whatever you do know or don't know or whatever um and if you're sort of like in zadonized boat and you have a little bit of experience under your belt like what are the things that you don't know like for us we are looking at raising hogs at the new house well raising hogs is completely <coughs> new to us butchering hogs will be completely new to us 
you know, all that kind of stuff. I went into one of the homesteading groups on Facebook, not ours, a different one. And I just typed in my county and I found my friend Patty. And now Patty and I chat often, and she lives in the same township as us. Um, They've butchered hogs for several years, and she offered to teach us how to do it and come over when they're doing it. And those are the people that, like, that's Mm -hmm. gold. Like, learning from Brenda and Steve. That's that's building your community. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much where you live, but the network of people that you know who are like-minded and willing to teach you something that they learned from someone else. Yeah. So... Any other thoughts from anybody on being prepared? Uh, just, it, it just now kind of struck me, but um, I was talking to this old timer uh, last month. Well, it's what now? Beginning of March. So he comes in, and I'm going to try something here. This, this guy had a deeper voice, and he says, Son, did you read the Farmer's Almanac? I said, No, I hear some of that. Is kind of, you know, they flip a quarter and, you know, they either choose A or B and go whichever the, the quarter comes up. And he says, well, March is going to come in like a lion. And I'll tell you what, what, here maybe a half an hour ago, it was thunder and lightning on March 3rd. So, same day that we had snow and rain. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And sleet. And sleet. Right. So I'm always, I'm always previous to what the weather's doing, only because, you know... We always call Jeremy the weatherman. He's the preacher and the weatherman. Yeah. So, you know, being a wildland fireman, it, the weather plays a big factor, so you got to kind of know what weather can do and what, what will happen with situations. So just being prepared on your long-term forecast of, you know, when it's time to plant seeds, is it going to... is it long-term forecast going to be mild is it going to be hot is it going to be you know get a freeze so knowing what to look for in a long-term forecast and how to read a forecast is also you know being prepared and um i think that's a really good point too because um i we joke we always call him the weatherman but like the other day when we were in our new pantry i had put a Oh my gosh, I always say thermostat. Thermometer in there, and it has the humidity on it. And Jeremy said, Hey, your humidity is like 64, or I forget what it was. Um, and then so he's like, You know, maybe you need to take one of your dehumidifiers from the other house, which we have like a, a moist, I said it, basement at the Lancaster house. And so I have like three really nice dehumidifiers there. He's like, Maybe you should put a dehumidifier here in the pantry. And so that sounds so simple, like, oh, okay, well, I can check the weather. Okay, but do you know how to understand, like, relative humidity and... Do you know how to read the weather? Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Do you know how to understand what you're actually reading? And where is your thermometer at? Is it reading direct sunlight? Is it reading right. a, a, a true room temperature? Yeah. Yeah, so that that was, you know, I just... It has... So my little thermometer... Why do I always want to say thermostat? My little thermometer has, like, the temperature at the top and the humidity underneath. Well, I can tell you, I have one of these in my top shop at the Lancaster house. I have never once looked at the bottom number because I'm like, oh, I only have to care about the top number, which is not true because I have some really expensive equipment in that room, and I really should be paying attention to the humidity. You should. I really should. So, um, yeah, Jeremy makes a good point. Like, knowing how to read the weather seems so basic, but it's a skill that you really should have. And another thing, like, we were talking about, like, you know, all these places that we like to go to get our good deals, 
and save money on bulk, that also can go into diapers, paper towels, toilet paper, mm -hmm. those kind of things. You know, we have a big box of paper towels that we got from Creekside. Nothing wrong with them. They're no different than any other brand, mm -hmm. but we got them for probably well twice as much as you get at the grocery store for less than the cost I love of the grocery paper store. Towels. Yeah, they're the bomb paper towels. Um. Okay, so if you guys have questions about anything that we talked about, as always, reach out to us. We love this topic. We might carry this topic on. There's there's a lot of things that we could really talk about, especially just in the skills arena. Right. Well, you got something to say, Jeremy, nope. before we go? Okay. Nope. <laughs> All right. So we will see you guys next week. Bye, friends.